Welcome to Social Capital Expert, a show where we discover the value of social capital and how cultivating strategic relationships is critical to our success. In each episode, your host, Sarah Francis McDaniel, will explore the stories of fascinating people from all over the world to better understand how their ability to build relationships has led to their success. We will uncover tips, tricks, and practical ways that you too can become a social capital expert. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have today's guest, Cheryl Schutte. Cheryl, thank you so much for coming to the show. I'm honored to be here. I'm so excited that you're creating something special like this. Well, thank you. To help you. others. Yeah, well, you uh, know all about helping others, and I so am thankful and honored that you're here. But before we get into where you are today, can we get to know you a little bit better? Will you tell us a little bit about maybe um, where you're from and sort of where you started? You bet. Um, I'm very proud to be a Wisconsin girl. Oh. I grew up in Wisconsin, big family, I have five siblings, and I love saying I'm from the Midwest because Midwesterners do have a reputation for being pretty hard workers, pretty oh. reliable. And they call them, is it cheeseheads? I am a cheesehead. <laughs> yes, I am. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I married a cheesehead too, 43 years ago. Dang, you have a whole family of cheeseheads. Are your kids from? There too or here? Nope, my husband and I moved here to ski in our 20s and never left. Okay, high five to that. So your kids are natives like me? Yes, so uh, I have three natives. Okay, awesome. Okay, then we're good. We're totally good. Um, okay, so you're from Wisconsin, then what? So when I moved to Colorado, my first job in real estate was in Steamboat Springs. Oh, a mountain girl. Yes. If you're going to do it, go straight to where it counts. That's right. We spent five ski seasons there, and okay. that's how I got started in the real estate business. What did you do in real estate? I was an office manager for a real estate company, and then they started doing some development. and. I did everything from paying the trades to hiring interior designers to getting the sales team ready to go and that's how I started. Well, okay, so then what happened? So you were in real estate in Seaboat Springs for five years. Paul and I decided we wanted to start our family. So I answered an ad for the administrative assistant to the president of a major development company. Oh. That was Ken Carroll Ranch here in Denver, and I applied and I got hired and they even gave me a month to get down to Denver, and within a couple of months of starting there, um, I literally typed the memo on what would be a good name for our home building company. I still have it. We circulated it, people circled it, and winners were Village Homes. Oh my gosh, now I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Okay, so tell us more. So Village Homes. So I spent 25 years with Village Homes and I pretty much had every job you could. I um, worked my way up from the secretary to the president to the president and chief operating officer of the company. <laughs> yeah, I told you she was a badass. I mean, she will never tell you, but uh, she's a legend, but we'll get there. So, okay, so you became CEO? Chief Operating Officer. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And honestly, I think um, it was just a great 
journey. Now, this was a decade ago, so I've done a lot of things since, but I loved my people there. That was the most amazing experience. So you literally started as the administrative assistant of one of the founders of Village Homes mm -hmm. and ended up... Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, um, so that was 12 years ago that you left Village Homes? About 10. 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Okay, so what has happened since then? Well, what I learned from Village Homes was um, surround yourself with amazing people, right? And you can do great things and create great things. So even when economic setbacks or changing markets change the path you're on, um, there are always the relationships that you can turn to and rely on to find a new path, to help you find a new path. Can you give us an example? You know, um, I've always been committed to helping others to grow and succeed. And because I've helped a few people along the way, because I have been around a while, um, there's always an opportunity to call someone and say, hey, do you have time for a cup of coffee? I'm trying to explore some new ideas, right? And <laughs> You do this. I do do this. <laughs> and she always takes my coffee. <laughs> and Thank you. it is just uh, collaboration, right? The best ideas always come from conversations with people you admire, people you trust, people who are smarter than you, people who are willing to share. And um, I love all the opportunities that exist in the housing market and real estate market. And one of my favorite things about being a home builder and, and continuing to work in that business is every single day you have an opportunity to be creative. You have to find a creative solution every day. It doesn't matter whether it's an upset customer and you have to creatively navigate to the other side of the challenge, or if you have an architectural problem, or you have a plan development problem, if you have a pricing challenge in the marketplace, wrong product at the wrong price, whatever. Every day you get to seek creative solutions. You can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about creating homes for people. Um, where does that passion come from? Hmm. Well, I believe personally, you have to bring energy to everything you do, right? And energy is sort of what lies beneath passion, right? So um, I'm always energized by the time I spend with others. And so I think the passion for my career, my city, for the people that I love to spend time with really is just sort of an internal energy about loving what you do. Um, my husband says, work is fun for you, right? <laughs> you love working. So my kids grew up watching me love working. Yeah. It was never 
never a, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go. It was always jump out of bed, get ready, let's go. There's something <laughs> going on today. Or even if it's a really bad day and I know it's going to be a bad day, it's all about attitude, right? So you still jump out and say, I'm going to get to it. That is awesome. I, I think <laughs> one of the best compliments I ever got from one of my mentors is when he said to me, he had heard me say over and over again, hey, could I try that? Would you let me try and fill that role or let me try and tackle that? Uh, He's, he said to me once, you know, you are the bravest person I've ever met. Oh, wow. And I always remember that when I'm feeling nervous because I am self-conscious and nervous about things or I always worry that I'm going to disappoint someone. And I, I always come back to that and say, no, you're the bravest person he ever met. I should be able to deal with that. Isn't that awesome how someone's words can have such an impact this long? you know, mm -hmm. this far in your life. How cool that you had someone do that for you and say those words, because I agree. I mean, you're one of the bravest people I know. <laughs> and it's so cool to- Or crazy, or crazy. Well, maybe a little bit of both. I think it might take a little bit of crazy to be as brave as life ex needs us to be, mm -hmm. to really live like full of passion. And you know, I've never heard anyone um, express it like that before because you know, I, I talk about passion and I think passion is such a big thing and you hear all these books and, and audio tapes about passion, but I've never really heard that energy is the underlying piece of passion, uh, which makes so much sense to see it that way. How, um, you engage with people and your ability to, to take on. I mean, when I call and I say, I really am in this interesting transition. I don't know how to really see this. I can only see this from my perspective. I'll reach out to Cheryl and say, I really need some, some direction here or just your thoughts on the situation. And there's never a time that she's not like, I'm there for you, you know, let's figure this out. And when we go into a time together, your um, insight and wisdom, it's like you are able to pull things in from all of this experience and then you're willing to put it out on the table. And I just, as you're talking, I'm like, you really live everything that um, you just shared with us. And if we can somehow continue to emulate some of these responses and these choices to be positive, um, it's so fun to see that it actually works. I mean, you, um, she is a legend and she has the award to show it. <laughs> uh, she did win recently a, the legend award for the, was it the, um, H Home Builders Association of Denver. And it's a very prestigious award and you're so humble and yet truly are a legend. And so, okay. So tell us some more. So your passion really comes from the energy in this, this place in you. And when you look at relationships and social capital, what does that mean to you? Or what are your thoughts when you hear those words? Well, relationships are critical to everyone's success. Um, you can do relationships well or really be bad at it. You know, you hear about the really super smart person who can just make things happen all on their own and kind of chews up people along the way. That sort of success is different than the kind of success when you're able to create 
something that brings people up, brings people with you, brings, lets people pass you, you know? To me, I see success as, my success really is about the great people I've had an opportunity to work alongside with and seeing them today and the great things they're doing and how um, that energy and passion for the business that we shared just continues to drive their success, right? I think a relationship means you're open and you trust one another to be vulnerable. You, you can share what feels good, what doesn't feel so good, what potential you see or what hurdles you see. You have to be open, you have to trust one another's opinion, and I feel like in any successful situation I've been in the past, it's always been, I feel so blessed, I've always been able to sit at the table with a lot of like-minded, high-energy, um, talented people. Everybody brings their own their own course right. to the dinner. Tell us about relationships and how they've been critical to your success. There is no success without good relationships. Whether it's the relationship with your boss, with your team, with your coworker, relationships are key to success. The old adage of you as an organization are only as good as your weakest link in the chain mm -hmm. is so true. And so what I learned over the years is that you surround yourself with people that know something about something more than you do. Just somebody's a little better at this and someone else is better at this and someone else is better at that. And then listen, take time to listen to what oh. they have to say. Be open to what they have to say. And even though you go through phases in your career where you have a little bit of an ego, you've been on a winning streak and you're feeling pretty sure, holy smokes, you can be set back pretty quickly <laughs> if you're not listening to everybody around the table. And so my relationships, uh, whew, the support of my team members, the support and the belief in me from my boss and partners and managers made all the difference. So um, always be kind, always be respectful. And if you're mad, it's like my mother-in-law told me when I first got married, don't you ever let the sun go down on that anger. And I really applied that as much as I possibly could in my work life as well as in my personal life because who needs a night without sleep, right? right? If you end badly, you don't sleep so well. So then first thing in the morning, you better get back to it and say, hey, sorry we got off on the wrong foot, but I hear you, I hope you heard me a little bit, let's move on from there, you know? Uh, That's great advice. I mean, and, and I think you've just touched on something that can be so critical in relationship building is that willingness to be wrong. Or even if you're not, wrong but the willingness to not have to be right yeah you know i just recently had a conversation um 
with some students. I work on workforce development now, and I was had a chance to substitute teach on a communications course, and we were talking about tough conversations. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got about having tough conversations, and this really does relate to relationships, mm -hmm. is that people can argue with you saying, um, that was wrong, or I didn't like the way you did this, or um, I, I wouldn't have done it that way. They cannot argue with you saying, when you said that, or when you did that, you made me feel this way. And so even really hard conversations, like I can remember decades ago, I had a salesperson whose skirt was too short and she was on site and it was like, oh, you know, she really cares about her fashion and how she dresses. How do I tell her that skirt is too short? And I went back to the, oh, how does it feel? And it was much easier to deliver and say, you know, when you have a husband and wife client, I think, I feel that that wife might feel a bit uncomfortable if you are walking up the steps in front of them in too short of a skirt. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, that's, you can't argue with how she might feel, so okay. <laughs> and did it work? I mean, oh, did yeah. she receive the conversation? She received yeah. it. You know, so it's just a little example about how being thoughtful and whether it's patting someone on the back or telling them mm, we need to redirect a little bit is critical to relationships too. Absolutely. And just caring a little bit about how the other person is experiencing the relationship or experiencing the encounter can make a huge difference. You know, when I look at being able to connect with people, I mean, that's really what social capital is, is that ability to connect with people on a level that's deeper than just surface things and to be able to hear and, like you said, listen to what they're saying and then be willing to do something or to put in the effort to create some sort of value for them. Do you have any examples or advice for people who are kind of looking at their life and saying, how could I create more influence or more goodwill that creates social capital in my life? I think for me, my experience is if you have a general, genuine desire to help others, if you really have a genuine desire to help others, uh, be open, listen hard, question often, but I, I think, to, like, back to the energy, Yeah. every single time I take time out to do one-on-one -on -one with someone, the energy is amazing. The, you know, whether you're helping them or they're helping you, just connecting and having a good conversation about whatever the topic. Um, is energizing and and in the end you end up helping each other you know yeah. you really do help and so if you create a good experience by that investment yeah. in each other's time you know we, we talk about the um, connections and coffee opportunity right 
every time I do that, I'm charged. Yeah. When I leave, I got new ideas. I uh, learned something I hadn't learned or known before. I broadened my horizons and perspectives. And so investing in time one-on-one -on -one or in a group with others pays back tenfold every time, every time. That's huge. And to reference what she's referencing with Connections and Coffee, for those of you who maybe are involved in different organizations and different groups where you're trying to create engagement with that membership, uh, one of the organizations that we're involved in does a Connections and Coffee type event where um, they are given gift certificates that are sponsored by someone to go and meet randomly. We call it random acts of coffee. And they are two business cards that are drawn and then those two people meet and then they're given a gift card to go and get coffee together and it's incredibly impactful and so you know that's one way that you can do practical things that might help to create social capital within the organization and I don't know if you agree or what your thoughts might be to this Cheryl but when we talk about becoming influencers or creating social capital I, I say a lot of times that I really truly believe the best way to do that is to figure out how to create goodwill in a community or in a, in a group or a segment. If you can find a way to see a need and help facilitate something that's beneficial or that addresses that need for someone besides just yourself, and in most cases you'll benefit and there's always like a, an underlying piece there that you just are confident that you'll benefit. But a lot of times you can do things that don't even benefit you in the direct way and be able to build goodwill for other people. Mm -hmm. And it comes back in totally different ways and, and through different avenues. Um, with your experience as being an influencer, um, do you have any sort of thoughts on ways to see things or ways to maybe look or view situations that people can kind of go into those situations for themselves and maybe see it differently? Well, simple. Um, there are a lot of folks who are afraid to go to a social gathering, a business gathering. They find it intimidating. They mm -hmm. feel like they'll be the wallflower or it's hard for them to meet new people. And, uh, you have to get over that. <laughs> you just have to get over it. Maybe you need a personal sort of trick in terms of yes. how you step out of your shell. Totally. And so, uh, you know, maybe we have to come up with a few icebreaker ideas for the wallflowers. Totally should. But it, it's so important to do that. And a lot of times it means just going with someone who already knows somebody. Yes, that helps. I love to drag people to those events. Yeah. Say, hey, you need to meet Sarah. Sarah, blah, blah, blah. She knows this. She knows that. I know how you guys, what you guys need to talk about. You know, sometimes and having the right, the right introduction helps. But, yes. but maybe we do need some helpful hints for those that are shy in those environments. Of course, I've never been shy. I love to go and find a person who's not engaged and pull them out. Say, tell me why you're here. Tell me, tell me about your business. What kind of help do you need? Love to help, you know. Oh, you need to meet Sarah. <laughs> totally. Okay, so when you were saying we needed to come up with some tips and tricks, I think that's it. Like, 
I was going to say to you, here's the only tip or trick that I really know to give is, and that I do myself, it never fails that when I walk into an event, usually, usually I know people, but there are times that I don't know anyone. And even this many years into going into networking events, I still will sometimes have like a little bit of like, oh, I don't know anyone and this is uncomfortable. And what I do is, or the same baby, thing, is find tired. another person. Yeah. What is that? Or baby, you get, are a little tired. <laughs> get that too. And you, but try, you're trying to muster the energy to right. want to talk to someone new. Uh, and I do that same thing. I look for someone who looks uncomfortable and who looks like they don't know anyone. And it never fails if I will go and talk to that person and engage with them and have a good time learning and being curious. Those other people, and then we keep an eye out for all the other people who are standing around who don't know anyone, and we bring them into our now three people who actually know other people circle, and then before I know it, it's like seven people standing around, and everybody that didn't know anybody now knows six other people. She's kind of an expert at this networking thing, too. But it's awesome because what ta it takes people from a place of feeling alone and trying to fake it totally into a place of... Um, being connected and having a group and most of the time if it's like kind of if it works out to be pretty like-minded people those people then become the people you consistently start to notice and connect with the next time you go yeah we'll see you next time right but I think that's so applicable in leadership too not just in a social environment if you're sitting around the table and you're seeing someone who's not engaged you need to pull them into the conversation because they do have something to share. And um, honestly, I've always worked hard at making sure everybody's included and everybody's heard. And um, a couple years ago, I was in a meeting with a very intimidating group of leaders. And afterwards, one of them came up and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe how you made sure that so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so came out of their shell and engaged. That's really great. And I said, yes, that's really what I'd like to see happen. I really yeah. want that to happen. I think everybody has something to contribute. Give them an opportunity. That's so huge. And I think that is, it, that's key, is just believing that people have something to contribute. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, of course. Of course they do. So I have to ask you, um, when you look back, is there anything that you would tell your younger self? Or if you don't even want to tell it to your younger self, just someone you might tell, something you might tell to someone who's just kind of starting out in their career? Hmm. Well, confidence. Be brave and believe in yourself, you know. And not, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, mistakes. You learn so much more from mistakes than you do for everything going right. You always take the safe journey. Um, you don't learn half as much as when you're brave and you kind of step off track a little bit down there. And, and we all hate mistakes. We all wish they didn't happen. We've all made our share, but where are your best lessons come from? Those times where you misstepped, right? And so I, I would say, Always sort of take that deep breath, speak from the heart, really say what you're, don't tiptoe, make, yeah, I don't tiptoe or, or soft pedal, just speak from your heart, be honest, and, um, and put yourself out there. If you put yourself out there, 
Um, sometimes bad things come, but mostly good things come. <laughs> well, that's great advice and um, words to live by, truly. Okay, so now we've got to know a little bit more about where you are today. So can, is there any fun adventure you're on? Anything you want to promote or that you're involved in that you'd like to get people involved in? Well, I look at my career all these years in the housing industry as um, the gift I was giving to help others. And I helped people realize their dreams of home ownership. I helped people realize their dream of their home they never expected they could have. I helped, from that perspective, I helped to create great places, you know, communities that you change the face of the earth forever and in a good way, positive yeah. way, right? But more importantly, all along the way, um, you're growing together with a group of other people and we help one another to accomplish what we want to get done. And so my latest adventure in helping others is um, a commitment to developing the workforce of the future, but also addressing to the construction industry's significant workforce challenge. We're right here in the Metro Denver area, we're 20,000 construction jobs to be filled. Ugh. That's how many short we are. And, That's a lot. And if you can help give people a start and the tools and an opportunity to get started, on a path in this amazing construction industry, that's awesome. And so that's what I'm passionate about right now is workforce development for the construction industry. And I um, have been helping to pull employers in to hire those great people we're training and, and being sure we match them with these really capable people wanting to get a start. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. If you've never been or don't know about the Colorado Home Building Academy and the affiliates with that, uh, we will have information for Cheryl and the Academy in the show notes so you can check it out. It's, it's an awesome program. Um, and you've just done an awesome, fabulous job at continuing to develop that program. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And then I know you also are doing consulting. Yes. What is, tell us a little about that. Well, I'm trying to help others reach some of their strategic objections, whether it's in operations, whether it's in their brand position or sales strategies or um, their land position, their um, team building, <laughs> wherever I can put to use the great gift of experiences I've had, I'm willing to share and help others. And so, um, Again, it's so funny, I just put out there, you know, I, I actually could use another client or I'm looking to help someone else right now and it just happens, you know, you make sure you take time. This is one thing if you're a consultant that I believe strongly is you have to have time every single week for just leveraging your social capital, for just talking to the people you know to see what's going on out there, mm -hmm. learning about new things in the market, challenges that are going to be facing us, or opportunities that are around the corner that you could share with someone. So 
every Friday I have to have at least two meetings with people I know or don't know to talk biz and that's how you continue to grow your network and you benefit from conversations, right? And that's what helps me to stay busy. Cheryl, you have given us so much information, advice, and things that we can take and practically apply. Um, I would love to just hear any final thoughts that you'd like to leave the audience with. What I was raised to believe is that you should always treat others the way you wish to be treated, right? And so if you're always thoughtful about how they might feel if they're the wallflower in the room or how they might be feeling if they're being attacked by someone else at the table or if you're always aware of how others are feeling and you can be there for them or try to turn things around and put a more open or positive um, energy around what's going on right now. The hardest times, the best times, it's all about being thoughtful. And so that that's what I live by, I try to live by. I make mistakes, of course, but it's, uh, it's important to be that person people want to be around. And um, because you've always treated them fairly or you've always um, helped, been willing to help, or um, hopefully made them laugh. Hey, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> to me, that's, that's the most important thought. Well, I so appreciate everything that you have come and shared uh, today. You know, it's the goal is really just to show awesome people and how people who are doing great things for the world and having an impact are doing it by loving other people and caring about how they feel and how things impact them. And I just so appreciate that you were willing to share your story with us. I think there's so much we can take from it and um, grow and grow our own social capital and influence. So thank you again for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.